always going to be where we were. When we gathered in his presence, he would be here in the midst of us. So let's acknowledge him, Jesus. We thank you that you want to be where we are. We thank you that you're here and we're just acknowledging you and your word. We thank you that you want to prepare us for when we stand before you that day. And we love you and praise you and just give you all the glory right now. Amen. He's so good. He's so in love with us. And really, did you know that is what he's doing? He's preparing us to stand before him. And that is a good thing. And, you know, when we accept Jesus, come and live on the inside of us. Really, what we have to know is that we're saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'm going to heed your voice. Because when you believe, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. He just mentioned before I started that we were sinners before Jesus did what he did for us. Well, we were still sinners. And so it's not that, you know, we can just, so many people think they can do what they want, that, you know, we, we are just covered by the blood, and we are. But we are to be a overcomer. We are to be a believer. And when we believe, we're going to live his way. And in order to live his way, we got to have the knowing of how to live. And that's why we have the Word of God. It's our instruction book to be in agreement with Jesus, to be in agreement with God. Because Jesus said, if you're in agreement with me, then you can ask whatever you will, and you also prove to be a true disciple of mine. And so what I've been learning, this, this is my call, God named my ministry, Vision Eternity Ministries. This isn't the way I thought it was going to go, but this is his plan. And he wants me to help you to prepare for eternity. And he's helping me to prepare for eternity. There's nothing that I share with you that I don't go through. And it started when my mom told me she wanted to go and go to heaven. And God said, help her prepare. And I said, I don't know what I'm doing. How do I do that? And so he started teaching me. And I was able to help her to get to heaven. And he was showing me that without my help, she wouldn't have made it. She was in unforgiveness. She, well, he would have chose someone else. I'm not putting myself up on any kind of pedestal. But he needs us as his to help be that witness that we're prepared to, when we leave here, live with him. We can't live with him if we're not in agreement with him. And we can't be in agreement with him if we don't know his word. We can say a prayer, that's simple. But to follow him, to believe in him, that is a whole other thing. And I want to read to you actually Revelation. Um, it says, therefore, well, I'm going to read in Revelation 3.19. Those who I dearly and tenderly love, I tell their faults and convict and convince and reprove and chasten. I discipline and instruct them. So be enthusiastic and earnest and burning with zeal and repent, changing your mind and your attitude. And that's what he's talking to me about today. We're in a place where we need to repent. He said he's coming soon. And what soon means is it's time to get ready. In case you haven't heard this, <clears throat> I guess it's been about two weeks now. I heard this audible voice when I when it woke me up actually out of my sleep and I sat on the edge of the bed 
And I guess he maybe woke me up first. I keep thinking back about this because it was such a uh, experience. And I just woke up and then I heard from the outside, the hour of Jesus has come. And then I thought, I said, what does that mean, Lord? But I believe now that it was the Holy Spirit. What does that mean, Lord? He said, the hour of testing has come. And I took it personal, and I believe that I was supposed to, because I want correction, and I'm always asking for correction. And sometimes when he corrects me and I feel down, he brings this to my mind. Those who I dearly and tenderly love, I correct. And so he said, the hour of testing has come. And I started to feel a little down because I started thinking about all the things he asked me to do that I hadn't done yet. And he had compared me to the five virgins who weren't ready. And um, anyway, since then, I have had some counsel. And I know that God is saying to me, I'm correcting you. I'm motivating you. And he has. And I'm not about to hold back anymore. I've always sort of held back because people don't like what I'm saying. I don't have that sweet message. But that isn't my calling. My calling is to help us, to to help you to know that God is correcting you, that we need to go to him for correction so that on that day he doesn't say, away from me, I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. So that's my part, to help you to get to that place. And it's helping me as well. Anyway, when I started feeling sorry for myself, it was two days later and I heard it audible again. And he said, um, a great a greater hour, a great hour of testing is at hand. Then he said, a few seconds later, I'm frustrated. And then he said, obey me. And you know, for the, for the last couple of years, he's been trying to get me to open up and, and be confident in my calling. And I believe there's a lot of people like me that we're just holding out. We're not thinking we're good enough. We don't know where to, where to go, what to do, how to start. And I know people like that. They, they have a calling on their lives and they haven't done anything. And, um, and I'm just not saying I'm better because I'm saying I've been slacking. And that's why I took it so personal and I think I was supposed to. But now the clarity is that I'm to share that with you because he is coming soon. He gave me a word on Saturday and he said, we don't even know what soon is. And I started thinking about that again this morning, you know, in preparing for now. And he said, we don't know his timing either, right? Because he said, um, our days and our hours are different than his. One day with him or one day with us is like a thousand days with him or is it 10,000? I think it's a thousand. Anyway, and so he was comparing that to soon. We don't know what soon is. We don't know what that means. And then he, he started talking to me. You know, he said, it's not as well that one should perish. And we don't even have his understanding of what one is. Because so often in what he was saying in, in, in conjunction with that is that, you know, so much of the time, and I am getting ahead of myself, but it's okay. So, so much of the time I run into people and um, I tell them that God has shown me that I was like one of the five virgins and I'm late. And that um, it, it's more than just, 
sitting on the church pew and thinking that, you know, we're all going to heaven, like that song, when we all get to heaven. And, you know, we're not all going to get to heaven because we got to prepare for heaven. We have to actually believe in Jesus. And when we believe in Jesus, we're going to act that out. We're not going to keep sinning. (laughs) We were set free from sin. We come in agreement with Jesus. He said, not only did he say that we'd be, we could ask what we will and be done, we'd be proving um, that we are a true disciple and giving glory to God because we're manifesting his will. We're manifesting his presence as we live in agreement with him. And if we don't live in agreement with him, We're just like a broken off branch that gets thrown into the fire. As I said, I don't have these nice, sweet messages where I'm petting you. I know that. But Jesus wants you to know. He wants you to know all of his word, not just some of it. And and if it were all just like, well, we can just keep sinning because Jesus shed his blood for us, then why would we even have the word of God? And, And what sense would it be that we would have choice? We have a choice. It's not okay to sin, and you're not going to sin when you believe in Jesus because you're going to feel that conviction, and you're just going to know that um, because you're his, it's not okay. If we sin, we're in agreement with the enemy, right? If we sin, then um, we're just pretty much walking away from what we say we believe, Right, Because if we're like him and we're made in the likeness, in his likeness, and we believe in him, then we're going to believe in his statutes. We're going to believe in his way, and we're going to follow him. And when we follow him, we're not following sin. And so it's not about getting saved and sitting on the church pew, but it's about being a witness. And that's how I helped get my mom to heaven. I was that witness. He told her that she had to be more like me when he when she asked why she was still here. And at first, I didn't like that. I was like, God, why would you say that? Because I am so not there. And he said, because if I told her she had to be like me, that would seem too hard for her. But she saw how you changed. She saw how you loved. She saw how you didn't live by how you felt, but you lived by my word. And so after he said all that, you know, that is really what a witness is. And I get it. And now I'm okay with it. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're to be a witness for him. And a witness doesn't sin. We don't practice sin. We might mess up and we're forgiven, but we don't practice sin. And so anyway, the message that I'm to tell you today is that we need to start asking to be corrected. Because if we don't heed his voice, if we're not corrected, we're going to think everything's okay when everything's not okay. So like Paul was saying, he said on, you know, on that day, no, we don't know the day or the hour, but we know because we live in the light that the time is near. And so we don't walk in the dark, but those who walk in the dark, they're going to think everything's okay when everything seems safe and secure, and then all of a sudden Jesus is going to be here. And so he's saying, he doesn't want us walking in the dark because then all of a sudden he's going to be here. And then for you, it's going to be like a thief in the night. It is because you weren't watching and you weren't praying. That's what he said after he told the parable of the 10 virgins. Five were ready. They had their 
I like to say, they had their ducks in a row. They had their vessels filled. They knew what their calling was. They decided they were going to follow after Jesus, and they weren't going to live in sin. They just decided this is the life they're going to live. They're going to prove God's will is good and perfect. They're going to walk, follow after Jesus, and, and no turning back, no turning any other way. And the five other five virgins... They got lazy. They nodded off. It, it was it was taking time, and and um, Jesus wasn't here yet, and so their vessels ran dry, and they needed more oil. And when they heard the trumpet, they quick tried to get it. <laughs> and Jesus said to me, "You can't write a couple books at the last minute. You got to be ready. You got to have your ducks in a row. You got to get those vessels filled up." You got to make sure you got all the things done he told you to do. You got to make sure that you are in agreement with him and that you're not getting depressed and and falling asleep and just forgetting about what Jesus said to you. So God is saying he is coming soon. And today he said that means it's time to get ready. It's time to repent. It's time to get on your horse. It's try. It's time to get back on your knees and say, okay, what was that I was supposed to do? Because I want to be ready when you come. That's what he's saying. He wants us to be ready. You know, he was saying, to, to use this example, I believe, when you have kids, um, you know, they don't want to be corrected. It doesn't always feel so good to be corrected. And so you start correcting them, and they pretty much shut you out and walk away. But then when they get older, when they start growing up, they want your opinion because they realize when you corrected them, it was for their good and it was a good thing. And so God is saying, a mature Christian is going to say, correct me, Lord. Correct me. Show me where I'm missing it. Because for one, you want to be a true witness. You want to be a true disciple. You want to be teaching the truth. You don't want to be living a lie. You don't want to be someone who fakes it. I was reading, actually, in the message translation today, and I don't remember exactly what I was reading, but I saw that word x-ray. And God was saying, I, I can see through. I see through. I know your heart. I know what your motives are. And those motives need to be corrected because we don't see them. Just like when you correct your kids, you see what they don't see. And he, he said to tell you that you can't see what's wrong with you, and that's why you think everything's okay, everything's fine, everything's secure and safe. I'm good with Jesus. And then all of a sudden he comes, and you find out you're not, right? Because many on that day said, Lord, Lord, we did this in your name. We cast out demons in your name. And he's going to say, I don't know you. I'm not acquainted with you, he said to the five virgins. They asked him to open the door, and he said, I'm not acquainted with you. Because... If we're not being corrected, we're just not going to know. We're not going to have the understanding of where we're wrong, where we're missing it. If you don't ask to be corrected, you're not mature, right? And um, when you're not mature and, and you won't take that correction, if you can't take... Um, I was watching actually something last night, and this girl couldn't take some constructive criticism. And I thought, wow. And, and she wasted so many years of her life because she thought she was right. And we can't think we're right. We can't live by our opinion. We got to live by his opinion. He's the way. He's the truth. He's God. He sees through you. 
He has that x-ray vision. You don't. You can't see what's wrong with you by yourself. I'm always surprised when I get corrected. I'm like, me? I'm, <laughs> you know, we just, we, we don't see our own faults. And so we need to see them so that we're in oneness with him. So he can open the door and say, come on in. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. We need to be corrected. He was, he, that's the message I'm supposed to tell you today, that you're supposed to receive that correction. When you hear someone maybe tell how God corrected them, so often I, I, I started to tell you that, that I share with people the correction I have, and they're looking at me like, wow, you know, and like I'm bad, and, and they got it all together. None of us have it together. And, you know, so often we do that, we, we think, and that's what I, God was talking about with the one, you know, it's not as well that one should perish. So we're thinking, oh, he's, he's just talking about people that don't know him. Well, he's talking about us too. He's talking about us who call ourselves Christians. And, and that's the scariest place to be where we think we're a Christian and we're not. And we think we got it all together just because Jesus shed his blood for us. But when you say you believe, then you need to follow. And if you're going to follow, then you need that correction. Jesus corrected the whole time he was here. He told us how to live. And if we don't think that we have to follow up with the things that he said, then we're not going to be right with him. And he's going to say, I'm not acquainted with you because we have to be in agreement with him. And so his will that none, none should perish or not even that one should perish. Now, I can't remember which way it is, but I'm pretty sure it's one. And we are one. There's more than one of us that are in that category is what he's saying today. And so get on your knees and repent. The time is soon for his return. And um, there's going to get to it. There's going to be a time where it's just over and it's going to be ready or not. Here I am. Ready or not, here I come. And he, the, the thing he was saying about soon is that he wants us to know. He doesn't want to be coming like a thief in the night, but it's going to be like that if you're not watching. I'm always thinking about getting ready because he warned me that I was late and I wasn't ready. And he, he warned me to warn you as well to tell you that you're probably not ready. You're probably not ready. If we were all ready, he'd be here and this would be over. But we're not ready. We're not ready for him. We're not in agreement with him. We can't live with him if we don't agree with him. So often I hear people who call themselves Christians, and I'm saying that because I question if they are. I question if I am all the time. We call ourselves Christians, but we're not in agreement with him. And we don't even know that until we say, Lord, correct me. Show me where I'm missing it. As I said, I'm always surprised. I'm always surprised. You know, we have this thinking without him that is wrong. And so we have to get in oneness with him. We have to know his thoughts and come in agreement with what he thinks. Only he can tell you where you're not in agreement with him. Only he can tell you if you're ready to walk through that door. And, you know, even if he doesn't come here while you're here, you're going to stand before him one day. And you don't want to be, you don't want to be not right with him. You want to be right with him. 
You want to be in agreement with him. And the only way to be in agreement with him is to be in fellowship with him every day. And, you know, he's not going to dump on you all in one day all the things that you need to change. And so that's why you need to have fellowship with him every day. I remember when I started really getting serious with him, I had a list. He gave me like five things to do a day. And um, I kept doing him and crossing him off, and he kept giving me more instruction, more correction, more instruction. Things I had no idea that I was doing that were not right with him, that weren't in agreement with him. And he's going to do the same thing for you. But you have to have that fellowship with him. And, you know, so often I just feel him bringing me, bringing this to my mind. So often people say, well, I don't hear him. Well, there's some checks you can do for that. For one thing, he's not going to be silent unless you're ignoring him. He's then going to ignore you. And um, for another thing, if he told you something to do and you didn't do it, you didn't think you had to do it, you weren't sure it was him. You can ask him to remind you of that because it probably was him. And if you don't do the first things on the list, you're not going to hear anything else. He has an order in which he's going to correct you and get you to that place where you need to be. And, you know, sometimes it's um, prayers not answered that you finally get to the place where you go, Lord, I don't get it. Why isn't this happening? That's how it happens for me. And then he goes, well, I told you to do this. And that has something to do with this, even though you don't realize it. So, so often we go to God and we ask him something, and he gives you something to do, and you don't realize it's him, and it, hit, it is him, and it has to do with your answer. And so, and then the other thing is just to believe the lie that you can't hear God, because Satan tells a lie, and sometimes he'll, he'll use um, a preacher even to tell you that you can't hear God. Sometimes Jesus said there'd be many false prophets. Sometimes the the pastor wants all the credit for everything and they want you running to them because it makes them feel good. I'm not saying, you know, that's every case, but it can be. There's so many ploys the enemy has going on against us. Jesus said he's out to kill, still, and kill, still and destroy. And he said also that as soon as you hear the word, he's going to come and try to take it. And the word is God. He's trying to steal God from you. He's trying to steal the truth from you. He's trying to steal your eternal life from you. And so, anyway, so let's ask Jesus, if you never have, to come and live on the inside of you. And so you can get started. If he already is living on the inside of you, let's get it right. Get it straight. So, and what I mean by that is repent. Get on your knees and get going and do everything he tells you to do and make sure that you're right with him. Let him correct you. I want to read a little more of this to you. So I'm going to read 19 again. Those who I do dearly and tenderly love, I tell their faults and convict, convince, and reprove and chasten them. This is the Amplified Classic Bible, so it amplifies everything. Discipline and instruct. So be enthusiastic and in earnest, and earnest in burning with zeal and repent changing your mind and your attitude. So that means get excited. You want to get corrected because you want to be right with Jesus. Then he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears and listens to my, heeds my voice and opens the door, I will come in him and eat with him and he will eat with me. So he's saying that he's going to come live on the inside of you if you're willing to be corrected, if you're going to heed his voice. Then in verse 21, he said, he who overcomes, he who is victorious 
I will grant him to sit beside me by my throne. As I myself overcame, I was victorious and I and sat down next to my father. He who is able to hear, let him listen and take heed to what the Spirit is saying to the assemblies, to the churches. You're the church. So he's saying, if you're willing to be corrected, he's going to come and he's going to live on the inside of you. And he's going to teach you his way. And being corrected is believing. So... It's more than just that word believe, but it's an action. If you believe in him, you're going to let him show you the way. Let's pray. Jesus, I just want to pray for every person that has been walking with you, but doesn't think that they have to do anything and that you would just bring to their remembrance the last things that you asked them to do, that you would help them to hear your voice and help us to be ready for when you get here by just taking that correction and knowing that's a part of preparing to live with you when we leave here. And we know that you're coming soon and soon means it's time to get ready. And you're doing that dividing. You showed me that you're doing that dividing. If we heed your voice, then we know that your name is going to be on our forehead. And Lord, I just want to pray for that person that doesn't know you. And that person that wants to know you, and I ask with them that you would come and live on the inside of us and that teach us your way. Teach us to heed your voice. Thank you that you want to be with us all the time. Thank you that you want us to hear you and you want to teach us how to be ready, that you want to prepare us, that you don't want to come like a thief in the night. So we thank you and praise you that you said when we call on your name, we can be saved. We're calling on your name, Lord. We're calling on your name and we're heeding your voice. Love you and praise you and give you all the glory. You're so good to us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for correcting us. He's so good. He's so in love with us. And if he wasn't, he wouldn't be correcting us. It's not his will that any of us should perish. And especially, you know, if he comes... In like a thief in the night, it's, it's like coming and you're thinking you're right and you're not. So get ready. He's coming. Repent. Get on your knees. Hear his voice. Find out what you need to do to be ready so that when you stand before him, he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And uh, can't do anything without him. He said in John 15, 1 through 5, I'm the vine. My father is a vine dresser. And um, we're the branches. And he's going to, he said, we, he's going to wash us with the word. That word makes you right with him. He's going to get the dead out of our lives. And so you got to stay on the vine. You can't do anything without him, he said. And so hang on to the vine and just let him help you get to that place where you can stand before him when that day happens for you. I feel prompting me to tell you, and I've said this so many times, but um, in case you haven't heard before, I guess uh, he knows what he's doing. He said that many think they're going to move in with him one day. He said this to me one day. But right here and right now, they don't have time for me, which now we do have time. They don't have time for me or agree or agree with me. Really? So many people want nothing to do with me. But still, they think they're going to move in with me someday. Like we're all going to heaven. And we're not all going to heaven. You have to be in agreement with him. So get on the vine and know that you can't do anything without him. You can't even see your fault without him. He wants to show you your fault 
so that you can and, and grow up and take that constructive criticism. Grow up. Let them show your fault. Your fault. Don't think you got to be right about everything. Don't be insecure. But be open and just let him do what he does. Let him help you prepare for your eternal life with him. Another thing I feel like he's, I forgot to mention, is he saw that, you know, in the day of Noah, when there was that flood, he he was so grieved that he made man because there's so much evil in the world and he had to start over. And then we still didn't get it. And then he sent Jesus. And that, in a sense, was a way to start over. He, he started over again. He said, this is the way it is. This is the way I want you to live. And then Jesus took our sin for us. And now all we have to do is believe in him and we're still not getting it. And so he has to start again. So that is what's coming up around the corner. He is coming again and Jesus is coming and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And that is what you're preparing for. That's what you want to be ready for. So get ready. Jesus is coming soon, and that means it's time to get ready to prepare. Thanks so much for listening today.